What's up, everyone? This is episode eight. I'm Isaac Weber here with our co-host, Sean Willis. Today, we have a special guest with us. He is the creator of some awesome courses such as Beginner JavaScript, React for Beginners, Full Stack Advanced React with GraphQL, and many more. He also co-hosts arguably the most popular web development podcast out there, Syntax Tasty Web Development Treats. Today, we're inter inter interviewing the one and only Wes Boss. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm excited to be on here and chit chat about some tech. How about you guys? How you doing? Good. good. Man. We uh, we are excited to have you on. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh, dude. We've been listening to your podcast since 2016. Oh man, that's awesome. Have yeah. we even been doing it since 2016? That's the, a long time. So 2016, I, me and him both joined a a coding boot camp called Iron Yard. Oh yeah. And so we were we were super green and excited to get into web development, and your courses were were pretty instrumental in, in the the early stages of us making a transition. I was a forklift operator trying to to make it in the tech industry. Oh, wicked! That's that's really cool to hear. It's it's funny that I've been doing this for so long now. It's there's often a lot of those stories where like, oh yeah, I, I got into coding with your stuff, and now I'm. And it's four, five, six years later, and now you're just like a, a dev, which is so cool to hear. Yeah, yeah dude, it's it's uh, it's been life changing for sure, man. Well, before we dive in, uh, let's give a big shout out to one of our sponsors, Ufizi. Ufizi is a DevOps SaaS that enables your organization to deliver software faster. Powered by your own Kubernetes infrastructure, Ufizi is a 10x better way to visualize and automate your deployments. It's easy with Ufizi. Well, yeah, let's just get right into the questions. Uh, so first off, Wes, how long have you been a developer? How long have you been doing this? Oh, forever. Um, I have a little a counter on my website. If you go to westboss.com. Yeah, we, we actually have this in the in the show notes. It's like <laughs> 68 billion seconds or something crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Some, it shows you how many milliseconds. That's right. Um, I don't know, like, like 20, 22 years, something like that. Um, I, I got into it very initially as just like a, a kid making websites. Um, and then probably for, I don't know, 12 years or so, I've been doing it professionally. Back then, it was a different world, right? Like, you know, oh, yeah. today we have like a million resources to learn things. We can go on YouTube. I mean, back then, where did you even learn how to do all this? Like what what resources did you have? Yeah, um, like like very very early on when we're talking just like HTML CSS, it was it was a lot of just like websites that had resources and whatnot. Um, but when I got like super heavy into JavaScript, that was when jQuery was was at its heyday and it was just taking off. Um, and and at that point there were some video stuff. Um, specifically, I know like Remy Sharp, who's a, a super well-known developer, he had this really cool series called jQuery for Designers. And it's funny, you can still watch them online and they're like 320p, totally mm -hmm. tiny little things. <laughs> um, so there's that. Lots of um, lots of blog posts, conference talks. I, I would take up, like just slurp up conference talks that were recorded online or in person, things like that. So uh, not too different. It's just that the the quality and the sheer amount of stuff today 
is is a lot better. So I think it's a lot easier to get into it because of the the quality stuff. Um, I, I feel like I had to do a lot more digging, a lot more yeah. asking questions. Like you go on my go on my Stack Overflow and take a look at a que- all the questions I've asked over the years. It's just like between that and IRC rooms, I was just like kind of reaching out to the community for a lot of help when I got stuck. Yeah, yeah so I'm based in uh, Mergeville, Tennessee, and we didn't really have many developers in our area. So like the um, I was naturally drawn to like as a career like the warehouse because that's a lot of what the opportunities are available and so when um when code academy started um advertising in our area saying that there's paid opportunities for developers i didn't even know that was a thing until finding um there was a local startup that introduced me to like meetups and i didn't even know what uh, tech meetups were so how did you did you uh, already know developers in your area? Yeah, I got really lucky in that I got the very first iPhone ever, um, which is what, like 11 years ago um, or 12 years or, or I don't know, however long ago that was a long time ago. I think it's like 2007, something like that. Uh, I got the very first iPhone. We didn't even have them in Canada at the time. Um, okay. And I had just like downloaded these like third party apps and I got this one called like Twinkle, which was like a Twitter app. And then that got me into it showed you tweets from people that were in your area. And that got me into meeting a whole bunch of like locals and then found out they were developers. And like, like I had been like super into tech and and being a web developer for that. But um, I was living in Toronto and I met like all these amazing people that were a lot of them were developers and a lot of them were in the startup community and you would just nice. go to these like tweet tweet ups it was called um and i met like a lot of like people that were five ten years ahead of me in in these types of things and 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 now those people are like like vp co-owners of shopify things like that um yeah. i met a really good friend of mine darcy um, he taught me a lot about PHP and custom apps and things like that. So it was really like cool to be part of that, like really early on community. Now Twitter is just a dumpster fire of everybody's right angry at everything. But like <laughs> right. those very early days, it was just like amazing that like yeah, wow, there's people on the internet that are like like I can go have a beer with them and, and talk tech. And that was those are some really big years for me. I mean, do you think during that time, did you have any mentor or was it just just kind of like bouncing ideas off people or or what did that look like? Um, Yeah, like I had my buddy Darcy. He was like my guy who I would go to with questions as to like how to do something. So I remember I had I was like freelancing at the time and I had a I had to integrate um, some sort of like basically somebody wanted to search for real estate values and basically I wanted to make a form on their website and post those, that data to a third party service with things like how many bedrooms and postal code and and whatnot. Um, And I was just at a loss as to like, how do I do that? You know? And, Mm -hmm. and he sort of brought, brought it around. And then I also had, um, I had like a, this thing called deal page, which would scrape, um, all the like Groupon and living social and all those like daily deals things. I was super into that. 
And I made this thing where it would aggregate them every single morning and send you an email with all of them and put them on a website. Um, and uh, so I built it and it was amazing. And then and then he helped me build like version two, which was we scaled out from just Toronto into all these different cities. So he, he really helped me like see go, go past from like building like a WordPress website into like how do you structure and tackle Nice. Something that is much larger, sending email, databases, variable yeah. uh, based on city, things like that. How old were you at that time? Um, oh, I don't know how <laughs> like that was that was when I was in like uh second, third year university. Okay. So twenty, something like that. Like so before then, I, I've told the story a thousand times, but yeah, before then I had been building MySpaces and and websites for for um, clients, friends, and things like that. So like, I, it, it wasn't that point where I was like new to web development. I had always been super into it for years before that. But like, that was the point where I was like, all right, now I'm now I'm like actually I feel like I'm part of the industry rather than just someone who's um, enthusiastic and dabbles in in code. So you're you're clearly an entrepreneur, and and you seem like you you've kind of always had that that drive. Uh, what where do you think that comes from? I mean, do you have you always just had the desire to to kind of make your own money and and go that route? Or yeah, yeah, all the time. Like like when I was a kid, I was psycho about counting money. Like I would have <laughs> I had this like box of coins, and I would count them. And play with them every day and uh i would i would just be like talking to my parents like uh how like i want to get a job can i get a paper route um i would go to the neighbor's house and pick pears and then set up a thing on the side of the road and sell those um and then i remember we had a paper route and i hated it because it was like it was like a couple times a week and it was every saturday it was super hot and dirty and um i remember being like i want to I want a lawn mowing business. So <laughs> I started mowing lawns and I remember I made like 20 bucks on one lawn and it took me like an hour. And like yeah. that was like 20 bucks an hour. Like today, that's that's pretty good money. And that yeah. was like five, 15 years ago. Right. And I, yeah. and I like a much more enjoyed that type of thing. So um, I remember at that point being like, OK, like you don't just have to like take some sort of job that somebody gives you like a paper route, like you can go off and, and make your own, make your own thing. So that I don't even, I don't necessarily know where that comes from. Um, like both of my parents have, have always had their own like full-time jobs, work for the same company for, for 30 or 40 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have always been uh, pretty entrepreneurial and really excited about trying to do my own thing. Yeah. I think a big, a big, hindrance to people trying to start their own thing is kind of being afraid of like the outcome or like getting turned down or uh in in your experience i mean was that was that ever a fear for you was that ever something you're like oh i'm just gonna send it and see what happens like how how did you manage that um i think it was just like gradual um like a gradual come up of like I, I, I never really felt too far out of my comfort zone. Like I always was like maybe 10% out of my comfort zone, which is not, not a whole lot. So like, and, and that was lucky because when I was in like high school and I was building my spaces and designing t-shirts for bands and like 
those would be like 80 bucks. And then a MySpace would be like 300 bucks. And, and those were my friends and those were people in the music scene. So like, it wasn't really that big. And then, and then some people from the scenes, parents wanted me to make a website. And that wasn't, that was a little bit scary because I like, I remember my parents had to go drop me off at, um, at a place that makes gaskets. And it was just, they drove me to this like industrial area of our city and they dropped me off. And I, they're like, I was like, I didn't even know what a gasket was. They're like, hey, if you ever need gaskets, let us know. <laughs> like, what do I need gaskets for? And so I was just like talking to them and uh, I built them a, like a, a little website for uh, and fixed some stuff up on their existing website, which was pretty fun. Um, so like all it was just like step by step by step. And then and then I got introduced to the like, sort of the agency world in Toronto and I did a bunch of work for them and and um did a couple like bigger WordPress jobs. So like I uh, part of me is just like I just go for it and like whatever I can figure it out. But other part of me is just like I always make sure that I'm pushing myself, but like not totally out of my element where I'm going to get myself into trouble. Yeah, I don't want to hog all the questions, Sean. You got you got some questions? No, yeah, you're good, man. So for this podcast in particular, our our focus is toward the entry level developer getting that first job. And yeah. so every, everything that we do in the conversations with this is related to that at some point in our conversation. So do you have any like, I don't know if it's like encouraging words or just some tips that you would, you would extend to, to someone trying to get that first tech job? Yeah, I think the, the really, really important part is that you got to put yourself out there you got to be super visible to the person that is hiring um because every single opportunity in my life has come across in a seemingly bit of a random way and it's because uh it's because i was putting myself out there on twitter it was because i was writing blog posts it was because i was uh i went to a meetup and and did a little talk even though i was super scared uh, about CSS three, and I di I didn't feel like I knew it. I I went and did my own little um, talk on that, and um, like I've always been one for put yourself out there, tell people what you know, be a little bit loud about it, um, because that's really what's gonna set you apart from uh, literally everybody else that's trying to do it. Like like I'll give you an example. Um, last week on Friday, I. I needed somebody to write some captions for this JavaScript guide that I'm working on. I've got these like 1,500 uh, images that, and they all need alt tag, alt text written for them. So I like put it out on Twitter. I was like, "Hey, like, who wants to do this?" And I don't know. I got like 50 or 60 replies, and it was very easy for me just to click on people's profiles, see who they are, what they're about, look at their tweets. Uh, click through to their blog. Oh, cool. They, they've got a lot, bunch of blog posts and, and things like that. And like, like it wasn't hard at all for me. Like most of the people that replied, I'm like, like what, like, what do you got to show me here? Mm -hmm. You know, like, are you good at this? Or like, they're just like, yes, I'll do it. But then there's a couple of people are like, Hey, absolutely. I'd love to let me know. And then they've got a link in their bio and they've got a blog post and things like that. So it was, I was just like thinking about that the other day. I was like, man, that was so easy to find the right person for that job and it was because they had spent the last six months prepping or not prepping for my crappy little job but just like putting themselves out there and showing what it is that they're all about 
Yeah, that's really good. I'm curious for for the conversations we had on Twitter. What what was it about our conversation that you were willing to like jump in here? Um. Oh, that that's a good question. What was it? You just asked me. Um, <laughs> you want to be on the podcast? Yeah. So there was a conversation sure. you'd posted. Um, you'd posted a tweet, and I responded to that. Hey, would you be interested in like? coming on a podcast and and talking about it and oh yeah um you're like sure i was like oh wow <laughs> this is fantastic like um it was pretty it was a pretty simple conversation but oh we... yeah um <laughs> the the when people well like when i do these types of things it's usually when like people don't make me do a whole lot of work you know like i just said yeah. i just said sure you know, or like yeah, uh, these are the days I'm available. Like, don't make me uh, do a whole bunch of work and and yeah. read a whole bunch of stuff and and give me send me this massive email and and things yeah. like that. Um, because like that's too much work for me. Like, yeah, of course I'll come here and run my mouth about my experiences <laughs> on on things like that. So usually when when I'm like down for something like this, it's like both like oh yeah i could i i have time right now or i'm interested in doing that type of thing and also it doesn't seem like a you're not putting too much work on my shoulder yeah so so kind of just getting back to to the idea of kind of putting yourself out there uh you you obviously have put yourself out there online just like you know you've got tutorials you've got a youtube channel you've got twitter you've got a huge following on twitter you know so like how how do you build that up is it just producing content is it producing um, just the same content over and over in terms of like, you know, putting out tutorials or like kind of like, how do you, how, how do you build up that audience to, to kind of like follow in your footsteps, so to say? Um, it's mostly just, uh, sharing what it is that I've learned and sharing what I'm excited about. Um, and that's, that's like at the core of what it is that I do. I'm just say, Hey, I'm I I thought this was handy or I this blog post was good or somebody asked me a question and I can share it out to to the world. Um so that's that's at the core of what I do and then um in, in terms of like the like the numbers game like how do you get so many followers? Um it's just providing that consistent value yeah. and um paying attention to what works like oh I, this type of tweet was super helpful and, and got me a lot of followers. Maybe I should do more of the types of that. But um, it's it's not so much like tactics or or whatnot. There certainly are tactics, especially these days on Twitter. But mostly it's just like I've been doing it for for twelve years. I've been sharing what I love online, um, and and people have noticed and they enjoy that type of stuff. So I'm curious the the West Boss logo. Did you create that or where did that come from? Yeah. Um I I created that one myself uh I don't know, maybe a year and a half, two years ago. Um maybe I don't know, like twelve years ago, I was like making a logo for myself. Um and I was just playing around with the uh, design ideas and I, I picked a crown because like that was like a cool thing to do in the hardcore scene. Um, and now I like kind of just stuck with it over the years. And, and if I get like a lot of assholes being like, Hey, 
what are you, the king of JavaScript? Or <laughs> like I, I did one of these interviews and the person like put it on YouTube, like the king of JavaScript. I'm like, no, no, no I'm, not, I'm not so full of myself that I'm like that guy. But I mean, I, I have think you're up there in some people's eyes, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't, I don't want to be like, like sure people can say that. But I'm not going to go and say like, I'm the king of JavaScript because that's, that's very narcissistic. But yeah, yeah I just, I just kind of threw it together and I've always stuck with the crown and, I redid it about a year and a half ago with uh, a new type of crown and I put a bunch of grunge on it and I've, I've been really happy with that sort of look and feel. I'm trying to bring grunge back. I love it. Yeah, no, I, yeah I love I love the logo. Now I'm curious, is West Boss your stage name or is that your legit name? Because it's pretty sweet. Uh, my full name is Wesley Boss. Okay. Uh, so uh, I always tell people it's Westifer Bossley. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> people a lot of people um think that's true but no it's just just wesley boss i got Sweet. really lucky with having a unique and memorable name yeah so with mine being willis i always joke around like when i uh when i had one job where i had to like take a bunch of calls i was a booking agent one year and one of the taglines was, uh, yeah, it's Willis. Like, what you talking about, Willis? And that used to stick <laughs> with a bunch of people. Oh, that's good. That's good. I like that. Um, yeah. So you obviously have created many, many different uh, tutorials, paid and free. And I'm just curious, like kind of kind of your process of like how, how you do that. Like what's your mind map or you're kind of like your structure of of you know not to give away your secrets but just kind of you know walk me through how you actually build a course and, and create one yeah um yeah i don't don't have too too many secrets as to to how how i do it i'll tell you how i sort of approach a topic um so i've always got a whole bunch of ideas as to like what i should be teaching next um and then when it's time to or when I know that in the next half a year, a year, I want to build a course on something, I just start keeping lots and lots of notes on um, what should be taught, what types of things we can build. Because like, that's that's probably one of the harder parts of the course is that um, what should we actually make? Yeah. Is it going to be lots of little things, which I do quite a bit, or one big application? And that depends on uh, what it is that you're trying to type. Like, advanced react and graphql people people are taking that because they want to build an app that right. does something at the end of the day with logins and permissions and things like that whereas like beginner javascript people are taking that because they they just need to know little different parts of javascript and you need to make sure that you hit on literally every piece of of the language um so there's that uh just thinking about it i i keep all of that information either in uh markdown notes or in I've in probably the last year and a half, I've been using this an app called MindNode. It's a mind mapping software, nice. um, and I just use that to just I have it open all the time. And whenever something comes up, whenever a cool link comes up or a cool approach to doing something, or I learn something, I will at first if I learn it, I'll I'll tweet it out so it's out there, and then I'll also throw that into my mind mapping software, um, and then just sort of by building that mind map as to like topics and and the ways to explain things and and whatnot um then i'll just have this massive mind map of of what needs to be taught and how to teach it um and then i'll i'll sort of dial it back and distill that into um an actual course how do you how do you take this just like 
literal a literal map and make it linear, right? Like because that, yeah. that, that's a tough part as well. Is uh, learning to program isn't linear. You're just you're you're over here, you're over there. You're learning variables and functions and scoping and all these different things. How do you take that sort of like scattered process of piecing things together and deliver it to somebody that is in a linear fashion? Um, and and that's 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 how I, I sort of tackle those. Um, once all that's done, then I break it down into, uh, into videos and whatnot and I go ahead and record them. Nice. So what nice. you want to talk a little bit about what you're working on right now? Yeah, I've been working on a, uh, TypeScript course for like, I've had it, I've had it in the works for over a year now. Um, but I've been like going full go on it for the last probably three months. Nice. Um, and that is just like over the course of me learning TypeScript over the last year or so, I've been keeping tons of notes and little gotchas and things that trip me up and little areas of things that I haven't hit on, but I need to explore. Um, and and probably about two or three months ago, I said, ah, I finally feel like I'm getting really good at this TypeScript thing. Um, now, how do I teach, turn that around and, and teach that to, to everybody about how they implement it in their own apps and how they can learn the ins and outs of it. Nice. Yeah. We, uh, so the company I work for right now, we were in TypeScript. So we use TypeScript, we use React, MobX. Have you used MobX at all? No, no, that's not something I've, I've dug into yet. And, um, for our backend, we use Golang. Oh, right on. So for the past two two years, I've been writing majority of it in, in TypeScript, React, and MobX, and and learning Go. Um, there's a guy that um, is far more intelligent in in that area, and so I've been just learning from the back oh, yeah. end of that. But what what was it that drew you to TypeScript to to start making a course on it? Um, I I always tell people, and and this is probably good advice for beginners, is that you don't necessarily have to um, like be ahead of, of the curve. Like TypeScript's been around for probably eight years now, but I'm, I'm always paying attention to what's going on. And over the last probably two years, you just can't ignore the fact that people are bonkers about, yeah. about TypeScript. So I said, all right, um, I see the benefits of it. Now I'm going to build, I probably have built like six different apps in it by now. Um, and I said, and I see the benefit of it, you know? And so, so like, I'm much more of like a reactionary dev um, where I sort of wait and see. That might surprise you because like, I'm the guy who's all cutting edge and whatnot, but there's a whole ton of stuff that you're going to hear about that will 100% fizzle out um, and not be very popular uh, in a little while. But then there's another set subset of stuff where you just can't ignore it at a certain yeah. point because people are talking about it. They're really excited about it. Um, and people are seeing like big companies are, are adopting it. And, and that's sort of the point where I say, all right, I'm going to check this thing out now. Nice. Well, I, uh, it is, it's past our time. So I don't want to keep you much longer, man. I really value your time and, and for you being here. Uh, we did have one question, um, from our listener. Um, sure. So how do you like this is a guy that is he hasn't gotten his first tech job. He's he has a mentor and he's wanting to know how to be a good mentoree is, is basically his question. Oh, 
That's that's a good question. Um, I, I don't I don't necessarily know that. Oh, I get this question a lot about like how do I find a mentor? How do I uh, mentor somebody? Yeah, I I think if if I were to be one on one mentoring somebody, um, I think just having like good clear questions and and being prepared. Yeah. when you do have a question for somebody is really important. Like both because it's called rubber duck debugging. It allows you to like go through your own thought process before you, you go ahead on someone. And then you're, you're also like respecting their time uh, for, for what they have. So you can say, all right, let, listen, this is the problem that I've had. This is sort of the route I've gone down. Here's like an isolated code example of something that I'm trying to figure out. How do I approach it? Or, um, or I'm trying to build this app and I'm not sure how to structure the code. That's that's a big thing that happens with beginner. They're like, I know how to write it. I could slap this together and it would work. But how would you build it? Like, how would you tackle this type of thing? Hmm. So nice. I don't know if that's that's necessarily a good answer or not. I haven't done any formal one on one mentoring myself because I've always been from the standpoint of trying to provide that value to as many people as possible but yeah. i think that would be that would be helpful sweet no that was that was great all right so we have some also on more exciting um interviews that are coming up um for the month of may brian daly is a founder and cto of stratazan based here in nashville tennessee michael liegerberg uh, previously co-founder of caddis now has moved on to landsearch.com he's one of my original mentors and also um Kent C. Dodd, former engineer of PayPal. We um, have um, him coming up in potentially June with an interview. So we're really excited. Thanks again for listening to Dev Theory Podcast. I'm Sean Willis with our co-host Isaac Weber. If you like this show, please click the follow button, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. You can also go to devtheorypodcast.com and record a voice message. If you'd like to be a part of our live recordings and chat with us on Slack, just go to burrow.dev in your browser, and you can find our next live event. Um, if you are a tech company interested in sponsoring this podcast, you can email us at sponsorship at devtheorypodcast.com. Thanks again.